0: peeps, y'all, despite everything that's going on, I hope that you don't take for granted that you're not waking up in the middle of the night to bombs and all of the terrible, awful things that are going on in the Ukraine. Going to take a quick break back in a moment with the World According to Bookie and Them Podcast. Stay with me. What's going on? Jake from State Farm. The perp just confessed. I think. I don't know. Uh, what? Oh, can't afford streaming anymore, so here we are. Oh, don't give up what you love. State Farm has options to personalize your policy so you get a rate that fits your budget. Oh, That's great. Mm-hmm. So For surprisingly great rates to fit any budget, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or click to get a quote today. Thanks for coming back, everybody. Never, ever take peace for granted. Be grateful, but be vigilant in giving back to Ukraine through prayer, through offerings, and through whatever you can do, but mostly prayer. And you know, everything else involved with that and giving and donations and stuff like that, if you're able. But certainly, certainly, certainly all of our thoughts and prayers. Because to see people on this planet just suffering the way, the suffering that's going on in the Ukraine is just no words. It's just devastating. Is not even a good enough word to explain. Horrific. It's not a good word to explain. It's awful. And then I, what, what hurts me is it all hurts me, but there are a lot of elderly there that are, that are stuck there. They can't, they, you know, Ninety-eight, upper eighties, nineties—they barely able to. Some of them are barely able to get up and walk, let them and walk distances, let alone pretty much other things. So, especially you know, it's just it's just an awful things. What is going on over there, people, parents? Not to be a Debbie Downer, but we need to talk about this kind of stuff. Parents holding the love of your child and humanity. These parents holding their baby, taking them to the hospital, um, you know, and literally watching their child die in front of their eyes. Because the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin, wants... To take over a country that does not belong to him. And then there's there's other controversy about people saying it's Nazis trying to take over there. The last time I checked and I seen on the news, those bombs had Russian writing on them. I'm going to take a quick break. Back in a moment with the World According to Booking and Them podcast. Stay with me on that thought. Back in a moment. Power. You be deep in the heart of our hybrid. Thanks to you, we slice through curves, sizzle with tech, and still ride big. We're the power couple. Highlander Highlander. hybrid. Toyota. Let's go places. Thanks for coming back, everybody. As far as the tanks, again, there's a lot of propaganda out there you know, and different stories out in the internet cuz that's what the internet is and different stations and different, you know, people giving their opinion and all of this stuff and there's been, you know, talk of, you know, that Russia's going to Ukraine because there is Nazis and all this other kind of stuff, but the last time I checked, those that's though that's a Russian ship out there and Russian bombs and everything else. And those, the planes and the tanks are Russian tanks. So I'm just trying to figure out exactly, you know, what they're talking about. I don't give a, I don't care who it is or whether it's Russia, Nazis, or anybody else. Just the inhumane treatment of innocent civilians. And going into a country. And invading a country. That does not want you there. It's awful. It's terrible. And it's downright evil. And wicked. Those people over there. They're human beings. They are human beings. And they are being tormented. The president. President Zelensky excuse me, of Ukraine is Jewish. It's just all of this terrible propaganda and stuff. The bottom line is if there's a humanitarian crisis going on over in the Ukraine. Period. And the people that are, st- are in Ukraine are still there because some are staying there. You know they are they are suffering. They are suffering. The U.S. and the EU have pledged a combined 1.3 billion more in military aid for Ukraine as Russia prepares to launch an eastern offensive. Conflicting claims have emerged about a key Russian warship in the Black Sea that Russia says was evacuated due to a fire, but which Ukrainian official said it was hit by a missile strike. Okay, so if it's not Russia, then I want to know who it is. That's a, that's a Russian uh, tank. I mean, not a Russian tank. Well, they are Russian tanks, but that's a Russian ship. So I'm just like, it's, it's unbelievable. The propaganda is just unbelievable. The people of Ukraine was living their best life, minding their own business, wasn't bothering nobody, living their Ukrainian best lives. And then they got to deal with all of this drama. And then, you know. And then all the uh, uh, food crisis. Some of them are stuck. Some people have starved to death. Died of thirst. Brutally, just brutally attacked and murdered. This is, I'm just like, this is unbelievable. But believe it. Even though it's unbelievable, believe it. Because it's truly, truly, truly a nightmare. Ukraine says its last two remaining units in besieged Maripal have been able to join forces thanks to a risky maneuver, bolstering their resistance against Russians. Nine evacuation routes routes for civilians to leave Ukrainian cities have been agreed to for Thursday. Today, officials said after a pause yesterday due to hmm, Russian violations. So I don't know how people are getting that getting it all twisted and confused and messed up. I I, I I I mean really. Are you are you serious? Russia is attacking the Ukraine. Because I there's there's propaganda out there that's saying you know other things, but that's not what it is. That's not what that's not what it is. And um, Ukrainian officials say more than 100 bodies would I should I say 100 more bodies have been discovered, some tortured after Russian forces left the Sumi Sumy region of northeastern Ukraine. So we're just gonna torture you, we're gonna catch you and torture you. What happened to capturing people and 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 um. You know, um, not, you know, just not so much, not torturing them. But, you know, there's a more civilized way of capturing people than to be doing that. You can capture them and, and put them in jail till, you know, whatever. I don't know how that works, but I mean, seriously... These are what I'm trying to say, y'all. Is these are civilians, innocent people. They they built a home. They love their home. Some of them are unable to leave. Some of them are they got them blocked in where they can't leave. Volunteers bringing in food and supplies. Despite the deadly risk, God bless those earth angels for risking their lives to get food to people who are unable to leave, mostly you know elderly. And then you have some some younger people that just, you know, they want they want to stay there. But I'm seeing a lot of elderly that have been left not so much as left behind, but they unable they are unable. So, God bless the, the, the volunteers. It's, it's. You look at the cities of Ukraine just ob- obliterated, I mean, just b- blown up to rubble. I mean, what. I mean, it, how can they. It's going to be a big cleaning up job of those buildings. That's all I got to say. As Russia's invasion of Ukraine enters its 50th day, there are growing signs of the war is shifting. Ukrainian officials have warned for days they expect a major offensive by Russian forces in the eastern Donbass region. A new theater of war. On the open plains rather than the urban wooded areas of the north. French military spokesperson Colonel Pascal Lani said Wednesday Russia is potentially preparing for a large scale offensive in the east in the coming days. And the Russian warship. Was evacuated, conflict and reports have emerged from the Russians and the Ukrainians about an incident involving a Russian warship in the Black Sea. The Russian Defense Ministry claimed uh, Moskova was evacuated after a fire on board detonated ammunition, seriously damaging the vessel, according to Russia state media. But Odessa State Regional Administrator Maxim Marchenko claimed Ukrainian forces hit the ship with Neptune missiles causing serious damage to it. For the first time since Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the US is providing Kyiv with high power capabilities and including, you know, I'm not going to tell you what all they they they're giving. But they're giving them some, you know, new weapons package represents the starkest sign to to date that the war in Ukraine is shifting to deal with the type of fighting that is likely to take place in Donbas region open terrain rather than close fighting in urban wooded areas which makes me wonder you know um how are those farmers supposed to 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 work in the fields back in a moment with the world according to Bukin and podcast stay with me On the WeatherTech's here. WeatherTech is the ultimate protection for your vehicle. Laser-measured floor liners, no-drill mud flaps, cargo liner, bump step, seat protector, and cup phone. What about my car? WeatherTech. Thanks for coming back, everybody. Yeah, I held that thought, but I mean... With all the war and everything going on in Ukraine, how in the world are those farmers, you know, when Ukrainian farms are being battered by war, and while China faces, you know, production issues, stocking, I mean, well, not stocking, well, yeah, probably stocking and stoking, food security fears. The war has also reached deep into fertile plains of a region known as Europe's breadbasket, paralyzing harvests, destroying granaries and crops, and bringing potentially devastating consequences to a country that produces a large share of the world's grain. Ukraine has already lost at least 1.5 billion in grain exports since the war began. The country's deputy agriculture minister said recently an economic fallout from the war has also disrupted supplies from Russia, as we all know, the world's leading grain exporter. In Ukraine, warehouses are filled with grain that cannot be exported. Russia has blocked access to the Black Sea. Ukraine's main export route, cargo trains face logistical hurdles and trucking is stymied because most truck drivers are men aged 18 to 60 who are not allowed to leave the country and cannot drive agriculture exports across the border. Ukraine has also banned some grain exports to ensure that it has enough food to feed its people. On Tuesday, the agriculture ministry said that six large granaries had been destroyed by Russian shelling. Farmers say they face shortages of fuel and fertilizer and that some of their workers have gone to the battlefield. Bobola, Safronova, and Veronikova has also pointed out that Farmers also worry whether they will be able to sow crops this spring, putting next season's crops at risk. On Thursday, that last Thursday, Ukraine's prime minister, Denis Schmeigel said that the government or Shmeigel, I didn't Google search it. I'm sorry, y'all. Excuse me. Anyway, said that the government expected a 20 percent decrease in crops to be sown this spring. Russian forces have mined some farmland, blown up machines and destroyed fuel reserves in an effort. Ukrainian authorities say to disrupt planting. And Washington Post writer Max Barrick, reporter in Sunday's paper, all of Ukraine's Black Sea ports are closed off to the world by a Russian blockade that includes floating mines. A battleship, the Ukraine Navy scuttled to avoid capture is blocking access to grain stores at the country's biggest port in Odessa. And after 20 years of investment in farm to port infrastructure, wheat exported by train just a tiny fraction is just a tiny fraction of what is exported by sea without export income, Ukraine's giant industrial agriculture economy is grinding to a halt. Threatening bankruptcy for farmers and increasing the likelihood that the global grain market and other food supplies that depend on it will see increasingly worse scarcity, even in the unlikely event that the conflict ends soon back in a moment with the world according to Buki and them podcast stay with me allergies just try to stop us being the greatest versions of ourselves allegra lasts up to six times longer than benadryl so trees you won't take us down allegra starts working two times faster than Claritin, so dust you won't wipe us out and unlike zyrtec allegra will make us drowsy so fur you won't phase us When allergies attack, take Allegra before your symptoms take over you. Live your greatness. Thanks for coming back, everybody. COVID-19 case numbers have begun to edge up in the United States, and nearly all of them are caused by Omicron subvariant BA2. According to the latest estimates from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, BA.2 caused 86% of new COVID-19 cases nationwide last week. In some ways, this feels like a familiar place. Cases are going up again. At least one major city is reinstating its mask mandate. Broadway shows have canceled some performances, but there continue to be reasons for optimism. Despite BA.2's near complete takeover from two other circulating Omicron subvariants, BA.1 and BA.1.1, U.S. hospitalizations are at a record low level and they continue to drop. Deaths also continue to fall. Even though those numbers tend to lag behind case counts, the U.S. hasn't seen a steep increase in infections. Whether that's likely to happen is still an open question. Even Dr. Anthony Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, doesn't know what BA2 will do. As a nation, transmission has to get down to a level that's low enough that it doesn't disrupt our population or the economy. Our daily economic workplace and social lives, which means it has to be low enough that it isn't a serious threat to the health of the nation, he says. He doesn't know if we're out of the woods. We are certainly seeing the beginning of a surge of new infections, Fauci said. It depends on how high we go up in the surge, and it depends on whether the surge is associate, associated with an increase in severe disease. Dr. Fauci said, I can't say where we are right now because we're transitioning. Cases rising regionally across the nation. COVID-19 cases have ticked up 24% from where they were two weeks ago, and the U.S. is now averaging about 38,000 cases a day. This is a jump from last week, probably because Florida recently reported a two-week backlog. Even so, it's one of the lowest daily rates since July. State by state, however, the picture is more mixed. Cases are rising in 25 states, falling in 16 and holding steady in nine others. Cases are rising fastest in the Northeast, the region of the U.S. that has the most BA2 transmission. On Monday, Philadelphia became the first major U.S. city to announce a return to indoor mask requirements. Cases have climbed 50% there over the past 10 days, pushing the city over the threshold that triggers the mask mandates. I suspect that this wave will be smaller than the one we saw in January. Dr. Cheryl Bettego, Philadelphia's Public Health Commissioner, said on Monday. But if we wait to find out and to put our masks back on, we'll have lost our chance to stop the wave. Several universities, including Johns Hopkins, American, George Washington, and Georgetown, have reinstated indoor masking. New York City had been reconsidering mask requirements for preschoolers, but with cases rising in the city, Mayor Eric Adams recently said masks would be continue to be required for the youngest children who had higher rates of hospitalizations due during Omicron than in previous wave. Beyond case counts, which may be less reliable, Pandemic metric because testing numbers have dropped. Coronavirus levels in wastewater are telling a largely reassuring story. Wastewater monitoring is considered a reliable warning of what's on the way. U.S. numbers are trending up slightly, but are still at one of the lowest levels seen since July. Um, so, um, and according to BioBot Analytics, a company that analyzes wastewater samples from across the country. Different countries, different stories. The situation with b a two here appears to be a departure from the one seen in the u k and Europe, according to the variant tracking website covariance dot org The Netherlands was near the peak of its b a two wave when the subvariant reached eighty three percent of infections there in the second week of March and uh on that note. We'll be back in a moment with the World According to Booking and Empire Podcast. Back in a moment. Stay with me. Everyone wants to be the Cadbury bunny. Because only he brings delicious Cadbury cream eggs. While others may keep trying. No bunny knows Easter better than Cadbury. Welcome back, everybody. Real Housewives of Potomac's Karen Huger brings a succession vibe to new spinoff. It's a powerful story. Yes, the grand dame, the grand dam. I said the grand is heading home. The Real Housewives of Potomac star Karen Huger is venturing back home for an epic family reunion in her spinoff, The Real Housewives of Potomac. Karen's Grand Dom Reunion. I understand the value of family and I wanted to start a tradition. Karen exclusively revealed on the Thursday, April 14th uh, episode of U.S. Weekly magazine. Uh, She's getting real with the Housewives podcast. She said that on her podcast. I'm a reality personality, so they caught that. It was going to happen anyway, but the cameras, thank God, were there because it's a powerful story and I'm honored to share it. Absolutely. The Grand Dame of Potomac is also the ambassador of Surrey County, Virginia, where her family, the Woolens, have a history dating back to the 1800s. It is there her ancestors were once enslaved and went to enormous lengths to purchase the farmland that they now own. That's very fascinating. Looking forward to hearing all about that. We come together collectively to make sure that this legacy stays within our family, but at the same time, we're an elected group of fun personalities that want to share the struggle of what it took to get us here today. Karen explained. It's a pointed story about a time in our country. So, however... There is some drama within the family as her cousins, Megan and David, are preparing a succession plan for the Wooden family farm. The family reunion was everything I thought it would be and more, Karen said. There is joy. There are tears. There's hallelujah. We made it through. And there is a renewed family love that and bond that cannot be broken. The Bravo star explained I'm so excited to move in the future Closely woven together It's everything Back in a moment With the World According to Bookie and M Podcast Stay with me Coming right back And looking forward to seeing that too Back in a moment Mom. <laughs> Breakfast In this house, in the morning, I can use all the help I can get. That's why I love Nutella, a delicious hazelnut spread that's perfect on multigrain toast and even whole wheat waffles. It's a quick and easy way to give my family a breakfast they'll want to eat. And Nutella is made with simple quality ingredients like hazelnuts, skim milk, and a hint of cocoa. They love the taste, and I feel good that they're ready to tackle the day. Nutella, breakfast never tasted this good. Of the World According to Bookie and Them Podcast, y'all. Throwback Thursday. The World According to Bookie and Them Podcast does not own any of the rights to any of the music, any of the commercials, or some of the sayings. You guys, keep hope alive. Keep believing in yourself. Keep dreaming, and keep praying for Ukraine. Peace. So if I run, it's not enough.